Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. There is a story in, in, uh, in the Old Testament, um, and it would have to go down as one of the most peculiar accounts in the Old Testament. You know, you read the Bible, some of it makes sense, some of it is like, what is going on here? And there's a story that I think fits that category. And then I wanna maybe look a little bit deeper as to see what was actually going on in this account. You will see it up on the screen and we find it in Numbers 21, verses five to nine. And the children of Israel, they were walking around the desert with Moses and and they began to grumble against him because they didn't have enough water, they didn't have enough to, to, to eat. And they basically were becoming very ungrateful people considering that he had delivered them from slavery. They were now free people, but they were just grumbling uh, constantly. And so verse five says, and the people spoke against God and Moses. And this is what they said, why have you brought us up out of the land of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and there's no water and our soul loathes this worthless sourdough with seeds in it. That's what my version says anyway. (laughs) So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Note to self, don't complain. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, now this is the the really peculiar part. Some of you have read this before. He says, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and it shall be that everyone who is bitten When they look at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and he put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. How many of you would agree? Wow, strange story. Why is it even in the Bible? Well, I'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's just talk about this fiery serpent. Why is it called a fiery serpent? Well, it was a particular type of snake. And when this particular snake would bite you, um, the word fiery is the word seraph, which means burning. And what would happen is when you would get bitten by this particular snake or serpent, its venom would start to course through your veins. And, and apparently it was hot. And as it would coil through, its, through your veins, it felt like someone had a hot iron putting it through your veins. What it would also do was cause you to become incessantly thirsty. You, you, you just couldn't drink enough water. No matter what you did, you would always want more and more water. Some people actually died because of overhydration, but you felt like you didn't have enough water. That's what these serpents were doing. Why does God bring that type of a serpent into this picture? Because every time you read an Old Testament story or an account, it's actually got a spiritual truth behind it. You're not supposed to just read the Old Testament and just sort of see it as a story. There's something in there for us. And I think what's going on with these people is actually a snapshot of how we can often feel. 
We can often feel like we have been bitten. Actually, people are getting bitten every day with the negative and cruel situations that are going on in your life. And if you were honest, there are some situations that are going on where you've been bitten by someone's behaviour towards you. Someone has gossiped about you. Someone has betrayed you. People have hurt you. And if you were honest, it feels like you were hot on the... Listen, you're burning up. You're burning up on the inside. How do you know you're burning up? Because you can't stop talking about it. It seems to govern your life. Friends, if we were honest today, many of us have been bitten and the venom is coursing through our spiritual veins. The venom of unforgiveness. Come on, the amount of people I talk to who are experiencing unforgiveness and when you talk to them, you would think it happened 30 days ago or three days ago, but in some cases it's happened 30 years ago. But the venom is still in them. What about the venom of hurt and simple disappointment? You thought you'd be there in life, but you're here. That's a venom and it causes you to get hot on the inside. You get hot and bothered about it. And what we tend to do is we tend to drink in the different things that we think will make us happy, but it just doesn't seem to quench the thirst. And you go looking for answers and we're talking to people and we're going to places and we're doing things thinking it's the answer, just like these people were drinking the water, but it wasn't really happening. How many of you would know that it's not the bite that kills you? It wasn't the act that actually hurts you. If you get bitten by a snake, you know that there are some snakes that bite you that don't kill you. What kills you is the venom. Listen, if something happens to you, that's not what will kill you. It's what's then deposited into you. It's venom that kills you, not the bite. It's not what happened. It's how you think about what happened. It's your thoughts from then on that will actually kill you. And as we know with venom, Venom has to be stopped before it gets to a certain place. And I think we all know what that is. Venom has to be stopped before it gets to your heart. If it gets to your heart, it will cause a cardiac arrest. It will stop your heart. It will kill you. Venom will kill you if you don't stop it getting to your heart. No wonder, in a spiritual sense, the venom of the things that have happened to us, if we don't arrest it somehow, and I'm gonna tell you how, in a moment. If you don't arrest it, if it gets into your heart, this is what the Bible says about your heart. In Proverbs 4, 23, it says, it says, guard your heart. What are you guarding it from? Venom. From the venom of life, from the venom of the people that have hurt you, from the venom of your own thoughts and what was said to you when you were young from your mum or your dad or your, or your teacher or a situation or that boyfriend who betrayed you, the venom. Guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. The decisions that you will make tomorrow is based on the condition of your heart today. And so there's a, there is a God in heaven who would say to us, guys, I want the venom out of you. And these people of Israel, when they had venom inside of them, once they were bitten, they knew that that venom was going to kill them. And they were dying. People were dying everywhere. And God says to Moses, Moses, get a pole and create this bronze snake. And anyone who looks to that snake, the venom, miraculously, 
Listen, there was nothing physical about the bronze snake that was gonna physically fix the venom. Are you hearing that? There's no, there's no medical science about bronze somehow curing venom, right? It was a miracle because they were obedient to what God told them to do. Wouldn't it be great if there was something that we could look to? Wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of snake on a pole today that we could look to that somehow takes the venom out of our lives? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be wonderful if we could just look to something and as soon as we looked in that direction, the venom of disappointment, anger, hurt, ugliness, frustration. Imagine we could look to something and just by looking at it supernaturally, God just takes the venom out. I, I just wish there was something like that that we could possibly look to. Well, funny you ask that. Did you ask? Sorry, I didn't even ask, I didn't, I didn't get you to ask. <laughs> this is what Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 14. As Moses, he says, lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So the Son of Man will be lifted. Friends, I think you've beaten me to the point. Jesus says, listen, you don't need a bronze snake anymore. You don't need this snake sitting around a pole. All you need to now do is look to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you will look to the cross and what it means, the venom of life comes pouring out of your life and you don't have to die anymore. You can live the life that God's got for you. Now the question is this, why does Jesus liken Himself to a bronze snake? considering it was the snake that deceived Adam and Eve. Why would he liken himself to really, when you think about it, if there is an animal or reptile that represents evil, for all you snake lovers, it's just typology here, okay? <laughs> but in the Bible, we all know, if you're gonna try and talk about an a, a reptile or an animal that represents evil, you would go for the snake. Jesus says, just like that snake was lifted up, I'm going, he says, I'm gonna be lifted up just like that snake. Why would he say that? Because the Bible says, he who knew no sin is going to become sin so that we who are sinners can become righteous before God. Why does he say... Why does he say that he is a snake? Because friends, every bit of venom that is inside of you, Jesus 2,000 years ago, he took Richard's venom, he took Madeline's venom, he took Bree's venom, he took Sam's venom, and he took, Andrew, and he took every single person in this room's venom and he put it upon himself. And the Bible says, he who knew no sin. Jesus had never sinned. He did not deserve to go to the cross. Do you know who did? You and me. But he said, guys, you don't need to go up there. I'll go up there for you. And when he died on the cross, he took away the judgment and the pain and the, the, the penalty of your sin. He took it all so that we don't have to. 
Friends, is there a pole? Is there a snake that we can look to? Yeah, his name's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the Son of the Almighty God. And if we would just look to him today, the venom is going to be extracted. This is what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says. It says, He, Jesus, personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin, no more venom, and live for what is right. Why? Because by His wounds, we are healed. By His wounds, we are healed. Friends, we've got to realise something. There is a holy God in heaven. And no matter what you try and do to make God happy, I I hope this doesn't shock you. You know that you can never do enough to make God happy. Why? Because to make God happy, you've actually got to be 100% perfect. Now, I'm sure I'm in a room full of very honest people. And if we were to rate, if we were to rate an axe murderer as being, if if zero is like, you're just bad, you're bad, you're bad. And 100% is you're perfect, you're perfect, you're perfect. Let's let's put an axe murderer at 5%. Let's put Mother Teresa up at 98%. Because remember, she's a human. Where would you rate yourself? Where are you? Oh, I'm not 5%. Great, great. No, no, I'll give you more than that. What, where are you? 10? 15? Oh, I reckon I'm about 84. Okay, it's very specific. But okay, let's go with 84. So, some of you would say, oh, I'm a 90. That's brilliant. I don't think there'd be anyone in the room that would say, well, I'm a 100. I, I don't think there would be many people that would say, oh, I'm a one. I think most of us would go, oh, I'm a 97. Uh, uh, some of us would just say, look, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a 62. Actually, I just had a bad thought. It's 50, 59. Actually, I just had another bad thought about the bad thought. I'm a 42. And, uh, the point is this, guys. I've got great news for you. If you've got to be 100% to please God, if you're, if you're an 80%er, Jesus makes up your 20%. Yeah. If you're a 60%er, he makes up your 40%. Right, right. Wherever you are, are you a 98%er? That's great. Jesus makes up your 2%. And some of you are like, well, do I really need him? If I'm only, if I, do I need, look, if I'm a 90, 90, 98%er, do I really need the 2%? Well, I've got a great illustration for you. Imagine there is a building over there and there is a building over here. And in between, there's one of those really dark alleyways, right? And we're on the 10th floor of two buildings. And you can jump from one side to the other. Right? So here you go. Let's say you're a great jumper. You're amazing. You're unbelievable. And so you go for a run. You're going to jump over these two buildings, from one building to the next, over this laneway. And so, and remember, if you, if, you, if you don't make it, what happens? You die. So here you go. You go running. You go running. And, 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 and as you go to jump, your, your foot just grabs the top of the, of the building and, and you, you plummet straight down. Like, like you only got one metre across. You're dead. But the next guy goes, I'm going to learn from that guy. So he runs and he runs. He takes his flying leap, flying, 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 taking selfies, everything, flying, <laughs> flying, flying. And he, and, and, and he just about touches the other building, but misses it by 0.6 of a centimetre. Can I ask you a question? Where did they both end up, those people? Where did they both end up, those people? Whether, they, whether you missed it by a mile or whether you scraped the edge of the building, if you don't get to the other side, you're both dead. I want to tell you right now, you can be at 99.7%, but unless you're 100, you're still not going to make it. The good news is Jesus will make the gap. 
He will cover the gap for you. He'll cover it. He'll stand in for you. He'll get you over the line. He just needs you to look to the cross. He just needs you to stop looking at yourself and how wonderful you are or how wonderful you are not. He needs you to just stop looking at yourself entirely and say, you know what? I need to just look to you, Jesus. If you will do that today, He will heal you, save you, rescue you, take you home one day, get the venom out and make you everything that you long to be. Does that make sense? You'll notice that people had to look to the snake. They had to look to the bronze. They had to look to the snake. If they looked at the pole, that wouldn't have healed them. The pole represents anything besides Jesus. If they looked at Moses who was holding the pole, that wouldn't have healed them either. You know, you can look to me but all I'm doing is holding up the pole. I can't save you. Lifehouse Church can't save you. No building can save you. Jesus can save you. Jesus Himself can save you. You know, in our church, we have a lot of people come and come and visit us and, and everybody wants to talk about the religion they're a part of. I'm part of this religion, I'm part of that religion. I'm talking Christian religions, by the way. I'm part of this and I'm part of that. And, and you know, and I don't mean to be mean, but I'm being honest with people. I go, do you know what? Lifehouse Church, for example, we're a part of the ACC, Australian Christian Churches. There are other Christian denominations like the Baptists and the Catholics and the Anglicans and all awesome, except that none of those institutions died for you. Jesus did. Yeah. It was Jesus who died for you. It was Jesus who died for you. Do you understand that? It wasn't an organisation hanging on a tree. It was a person. So today, can you park your religion? I'm not talking about that today. Be whatever you wanna be. All I'm asking you today is, are you looking to Jesus? Is He your rock? Because you can have a cross around your neck, but not look to Jesus. You can have a cross in your home, but not look to Jesus. Today, my deepest desire is that you would just look to Jesus, friend. Why? Because I desperately want to see venom out of your life and I desperately want to see you in heaven. I want those two things to happen to you. I want you to become brand new as He just extracts the venom out of your life. How does that happen? You've got to look to the cross. Why? Why does looking to the cross do that? Because you tell me something that's happened to you when you look to the cross, you're gonna see someone who experienced the same thing. Were you betrayed? He was betrayed. Did someone reject you and not want your love? Yeah, that person who died on the cross, people rejected him and didn't want his love either. Are people saying things about you that's not true? Yeah, I know someone that that happened to as well. Have you been unfairly tried? Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, have you done all the right things but ended up with a bad result? <laughs> Yeah, I know someone that experienced that too. When you look to the cross, you cannot think of a situation that's going on in your life that he doesn't understand. So when you look to the cross, it heals you. What venom are you sick and tired of that if you don't arrest it, it's gonna get to your heart, 
It's going to alter the course of your life. What venom do you need extracted today? Because I'm telling you right now, he's, he's ready and he's willing to take it out and give you the life that you deserve to have, that he put you on the earth to have. Friends, venom doesn't come from God. It comes from another person called the devil. And he wants to put that stuff into your life. God's trying to get it out. He's your best friend. He's your saviour. He's the one that wants it. Listen, there are some couples in this place and God is saying, listen, listen to what is being said. He wants to extract the venom out of your relationship. That venom is, it, it's, it's, it's gonna kill eventually, but it doesn't have to. He's paid the price for it. Let me tell you what else is going on in this room. There are some people and you're going, this is great, but I have done something really, really bad. And I'm not going to deny how bad it is. It's bad. I get it. But I'm gonna tell you right now, he didn't pay the price for the whole world's sin except for that one thing you're thinking about. What is it? Oh, you don't understand. I, I did something so bad that if anyone knew, they would think so less of me. I don't need to know. He already knows. Do you know why He knows? Because He paid the price for it. He already paid the price. He's already been judged. He's already been punished so that you don't have to keep punishing yourself. Come on, don't pay for it twice. It's been paid for. And He loves you today. Heaven, Good Friday says, I love you. You've heard it said before, maybe you've never heard it. Friends, it wasn't nails that held Jesus to the cross that day. It was His love for you. It was His love for you. He could have got off that cross in a heartbeat if He wanted to. But He chose to stay there. Why? Because He was paying the price for your venom. So why wouldn't you take up the offer? And just say, oh, I'll, I'll have it. For all my mistakes, all the things I really regret. Take it on board, friends. This is the happiest day of your life. Like I said earlier, this is your Good Friday. It wasn't so good for Him. But he did that so that it could be good for you. Amen. So I'm just wondering, is there anyone in this place who wants the venom of sin taken out and have a relationship with your Father in heaven? Is there anyone that wants that today? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. So we do something very simple at our church. We just give you an opportunity to ask Jesus to come into your life. But what I'm gonna ask you to do today is to look to the cross. Stop trying to save yourself. Look to the cross. Trust what He did is good enough. Is there anyone in this room that's willing to do that? Friend, I grew up in mainline religion until I was 16 years old. I had never heard what I just told you. From the day I heard it, it changed my life completely. Come on, those of you who know what I'm talking about, give the Lord a big amen. Come on. Come on. Hi, I'm Richard Gabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. 
Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.